0: Hello Team NXT, I am C.D. Danny Mac bringing you episode 62 of the Undisputed Future Podcast, your home for solo NXT discussion. July 25th, an infamous air date in the history of NXT television. It was a battle between Aleister Black and the Black Hearts of NXT, the scourge of NXT, as Mauro Ronaldo puts him, the psycho killer. Tommaso Champa. An infamous air date indeed. The landscape of NXT has changed, and depending on who you are, it's not necessarily for the better. But that was a huge championship bout. I'm gonna talk about that in the main event segment. But let's start things off with a little bit of uplifting news, shall we? The May Young Classic 2. Unbelievable that this tournament is once again going on. I mentioned last episode Promising performance center class talents in the female division. Right now, Nixon Newell and Deanna Perazzo definitely stand out to me as two of my favorites going into the Mae Young Classic. Former Divas champion Caitlin, also known as Celeste Bonin by her real name as a fashion fitness model, um, she's also getting another opportunity in the May Young Classic too. But that's not the only women's wrestling news. We have to discuss here, team. Evolution, announced on Monday Night Raw by the whole team of McMahon figureheads. Vince McMahon, Stephanie McMahon, and of course, NXT's daddy himself, Triple H. Triple H looking like a proud father up there, able to address the current class of WWE women's talents for this women's exclusive wrestling pay-per-view. But that's not the only thing that's going to happen. It's not just going to be a showcase of WWE's main roster talent. The NXT Women's title will be defended, and the finals of the Mae Young Classic 2 tournaments will be occurring at the Evolution pay-per-view. Happening in Long Island at Nassau Veterans Coliseum, brand new resurfaced arena. Cannot wait to go to my first show since opening there. I missed the WWE return to Long Island for Monday Night Raw. But I'm definitely going out of my way to check out the Evolution pay per view. The NXT Women's Title up for grabs in this one. But who will go in there as champion? May Young Classic two finals be decided? The two first May Young Classic finalists will be competing for the NXT Women's Championship. Shayna Baszler, the defending current champion, and Kyrie Sane, the Pirate Princess and winner. ...of the May Young Classic inaugural tournament. So two women with resumes to go on. Shayna Baszler, of course, talking down to Kyrie Sane a little bit later in this NXT review. I'll get to that. But what what stipulation that really adds to the Brooklyn TakeOver title defense? I mean, you have Shayna Baszler and Kyrie Sane fighting to be in this landmark event... As a defending champion, in my opinion, that can only add more stakes to this May Young Classic Finals rematch for the NXT Women's Championship happening in Brooklyn. Due to Kyrie Sane being successful in a triple threat match with Candice LeRae and Nikki Cross last week, so a lot to talk about in the landscape of women's wrestling. Congratulations to every single t- every single talent on WWE Raw SmackDown. NXT past, present, future, where are they going to get more talents? They mentioned 50 women in total competing at this event. I cannot wait to see where a lot of the talents get drawn from. Give me your thoughts, Team NXT. Who do you want to see, not just in the May Young Classic 2, but who do you want to see featured most of all in the Evolution pay-per-view? It could be any female talents of all time, and maybe even some I haven't heard of. I'm going to throw out a name. I personally want to see transition from the independent scene in the UK over towards possibly NXT UK at some point. And of course, the suplex Millie, Millie McKenzie, Pete Dunn's current tag team partner, the Bruiser Mates. It's, it's, a, it's a clever name. It's a great t-shirt up online as well. I'm a huge fan of the young talent in Millie McKenzie. And if you haven't heard that name before, I can more than recommend you check her out. But let's jump into NXT television review for this infamous air date of July 25th. It is July 26th. Um, it's early in the morning, just sitting here finishing my coffee. I'm able to process the main events after 12 or so hours, so I felt way more confident hopping behind the mic for this huge stakes nxt television episode but let's kick things off shall we and i'll get to that pun intended a little bit later on because adam cole bebe, the inaugural north american champion takes on the shaolin samoan a homegrown talent who i have seen perform at house of glory wrestling before and the cruiserweight classic competitor sean Maluda. Sean Maluda has Samoan roots in his blood. He's a hometown talent, as I just mentioned. I'm so excited when I get to talk about Staten Island talents because it's the forgotten borough for a reason, guys. Nobody knows outside of just the general spectrum of New York City. Carmela getting that announced. Sean Maluda being announced as from Shaolin, New York, and we always have the Wu Tang clan, so any reference to my hometown, especially in the the scope of professional wrestling, makes me mark out just a little bit, but nobody marks out harder than the NXT Full Sail Universe for Adam Cole. They are proud of their North American champion, despite any of his tactics. A homegrown talent going against a North American champion, it was a shortly dominated match. By Adam Cole. Sean Maluda did get a chance to showcase his promising talents. At the Cruiserweight Classic Tournament. A couple stints here and there of NXT television appearances so far. But I'm definitely hoping to see more of Maluda Because Adam Cole just ran roughshod all over this matchup. Cole not just with the verbal jousts. But with some powerful strikes in this matchup as well. A perfectly timed matchup. Super kick followed by the last shot would be the last word for Adam Cole. That super kick. That super kick. That's that off the top rope counter of Maluda. That perfect precise delivery to Sean Maluda's jaw. Adam Cole pulling out all the stops to stop Maluda in this matchup. Definitely a short timed matchup, but what are you gonna do? You got a champion in a showcase scenario. Post match, post match. There is no more buzzworthy superstar in any promotion than Adam Cole. That's a big, big statement, especially with my uh, my dual audience fans of NXT and other promotions like Lucha Underground and I don't know the five star matchup machine known as New Japan Pro Wrestling. I mean, Adam Cole saying he's the most buzzworthy superstar across any promotion is a huge claim, but he can't expect anything short of confident from the Undisputed Era's leader. He gave a promising opportunity to a young talent. Adam Cole went off on how he was such a charitable gentleman at this post-match, I guess, self-afflicted interview. Nobody mentions Maluda's name again, though. He mentions a young talent and anybody who wants to challenge for the North American title. And speaking of anybody, it's the superhero of NXT. Here comes Ricochet. Ricochet with some verbal back and forth with the Undisputed Era, putting a stop to Undisputed Era's antics, coming to the rescue a matter of weeks ago. So the tension has been building with the one and only and Adam Cole, baby. Ricochet definitely stepping up as a possible name for that North American championship. And even Ricochet, not mentioning Maluta's name again, mentioning how Adam Cole forgot the name of his previous competitor, where I thought that was all well and good. I also kind of took that as a slight verbal burial jab. Of course, you guys just heard me mark out as much as I did, so that could be an incredibly biased points of view for a Staten Island homegrown talent. Let's talk about the building rivalry though. Ricochet versus Adam Cole, baby. Shocked us by being a coward. Ricochet calling out the lack of courage by a leader of a stable. That's a very interesting psychological tactic by the one and only. Ricochet not only able to perform aerial feats in the ring, but possibly aerial feats in the opponent's head as well. Leave like a coward. He even got NXT fans all throughout Full Sail University agreeing with him. And as I aforementioned, it's a very, very pro Adam Cole crowd. But everybody wants to see this matchup. A one-on-one matchup in Brooklyn between Ricochet and Adam Cole. Adam Cole says he will not diminish himself by competing against Ricochet. That's a big, big sentence coming from Adam Cole against the one and only. Of course, bringing out the other members of Undisputed Era, the healthy ones at least, Roderick Strong and Kyle O'Reilly, coming to the aid of Adam Cole, just like the Cobra Kai's coming to the aid of Johnny Lawrence to attempt to jump Daniel Sun. But that's not going to be enough. The numbers game, for once, catching up to the Undisputed Era. The war... Raiders making their presence known on the entrance ramp, definitely giving a big beastly stare down to Strong, Cole, and O'Reilly, but that's not the only, that's not the only source of tag team tension right now, Mustache Mountain is here too, and a brawl going to take this time to apologize for any background noise, whether it be an air conditioner or my computer, I just really wanted to get this episode out, usually I'm a lot more self-conscious about these things non-admittedly, and I try and time it a little bit better, but I notice a couple static in the background, hopefully my voice is breaking through all that, let's get back to tag team action, Mustache Mountain, War Raiders, Undisputed Era, I see a possible massive collision for those NXT tag team titles happening in Brooklyn. Three worthy teams in a possible multi-man scenario. We've seen a lot of headlining NXT title matches at TakeOver Brooklyn, even starting with the Blake and Murphy factor taking on the Vaudevillains, one of the most underrated championship matches in NXT history, especially knowing how much the crowd was behind the Vaudevillains and Blue Pants winning those tag team titles. We, of course, had DIY versus The Revival, the match which I really credit to this podcast being created to this very day, I stake that as the match that made me, I needed an output for NXT discussion, I needed to know that more fans appreciated the art that Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, Scott Dawson, and Dash Wilder laid out in the Barclays Center that evening, and of course, last year's Huge collision between the Authors of Pain and Sanity. And if you look at the network, you'll even see me, former consistent co-host Nikki Six, and current musician of the show DRJ. Once Sanity and Authors of Pain take it out to that little section in the crowd, that's us marking out. That's us screaming at Eric Young. That's us cursing at Akum or Rezar, whichever one it was. I'm just caught up in the adrenaline rush at the moment. So huge Tag team title matches have happened at the Barclays Center, but we have not seen a multi-team scenario like this one that could be building. Mustache Mountain, all of British Strong Style as a faction, if you want to get technical, have had an incredible rivalry with Undisputed Era. Even that NXT title matchup where Undisputed Era reclaimed those titles just a couple weeks ago earning the first 5-star rating in Full Sail University's NXT television history. What a landmark for those two teams, the War Raiders. If you watched their segment last week or you know them as War Machine, we know of their tag team resume. We know they have what it takes to be a big, bruising force in this division to fill those shoes like a Killian Dane of Sanity or like an Aikman Razor of the Authors of Pain. So tag team action is building here. Cannot wait to see where this three-set rivalry goes. I'm hoping for a triple threat tag team title match at Brooklyn, and I'm also hoping the one and only gets one shot at Adam Cole's North American Championship. Lots to be said about tag team title action in NXT. Lots about Ricochet versus Adam Cole, but a whole lot more about NXT Women's Division action, the women's title contract signing for Brooklyn. Shout out to the OG TakeOver Brooklyn poster in the background during this signing. Shayna Baszler meeting with Kyrie Sane and General Manager William Regal to sign the contract. Shayna Baszler addressing the past history that her and Kyrie Sane have. This is a shell of the Shayna that was in the Mae Young Classic does the new shell of Shayna sell so she shells by the seashore. I hope that joke landed somewhere out there with one of my listeners. Anyway, not the same Shayna Baszler that competed in the first inaugural May Young Classic tournament. This is the one with the championship, and this is the one with the killer instinct that Kyrie Sane lacks. But Kyrie, not allowing her confidence to be diminished, I know it. You know it, I can beat you again. This match would be the rubber match in a current three-match series between Shayna Baszler and Kyrie Sane. Shayna may have lost the Mae Young Classic Finals in the first tournament, but Shayna also beat Kyrie Sane on an NXT television episode none too long ago. So this new side of Shayna Baszler has been on display and evident to Kyrie Sane since the last Mae Young Classic tournament, but she still knows it. She still believes she has what it takes. I can beat her, she says to William Regal and Kyrie, saying not lacking faith in herself, but Shayna Baszler seems to be lacking faith in the entirety of the NXT women's division. Shayna's saying you don't have what it takes. There are nothing but pretenders in this division, including the call-out of Johnny Gargano's wife, and primarily a wrestler Candice Lorey, Candace Lorey is a female professional wrestler. She is not a housewife. She can kick ass. She can take it to the bully. She stood up to Shayna Baszler in the parking lot already. And I'm going to jump ahead just a little bit, a little bit later in the NXT episode I'm discussing. She confronts Shayna one more time. Although pulled back, Candace vows that she will find the time to once again take it to Shayna and confront the champion again. So no shortage of confidence in either Kyrie or Candace, but they have a huge task ahead of them for the submission magician, the Queen of Spades, defending NXT Women's Champion Shayna Baszler. What's going to happen in Brooklyn? What's going to happen post-Brooklyn? Will Candace LeRae get her hands on Shayna Baszler again? Lots of questions being thrown up. In the NXT Women's Division. And I'm going to jump back right to the NXT Women's Division. And the lady of NXT, Lacey Evans. Getting a chance to showcase her talent. But we did get an EC3 and Velveteen Dream flashback. EC3 vowing vengeance on Velveteen Dream. But we'll have to go through the self-proclaimed finest of NXT. And also known as fake rich guy. Kona Reeves. I'll mention it again if you want to go back to 61 and check it out. I think it's about 10, maybe 12 minutes in there. I mentioned a little bit more of a character layer I can see developing in Kona Reeves' character. I can see the psychotic and crazy Hawaiian character of old meeting this newly formed finest gimmick. I can see Kona Reeves with more so of a delusion of grandeur rather than the self-made man he's trying to project onto the NXT universe. So just a couple thoughts on that. Cannot wait to actually see where this rivalry goes. EC3 actually able to make a Kona Reeves segment entertaining. I'm really hoping he can do the same for an in-ring performance. But speaking of impressive in-ring performances, Lacey Evans dominant over Tanilla Price. One of 2017 to 2018's fastest rising stars and most improved in the women's division has got to go to Lacey Evans and Bianca Belair. And guess what? I'm about to get a chance to talk about both of them. Lucky me. The hair attack and the aggressive strikes that Ky- that uh, Kyrie's saying, I'm all over the place with women's action tonight. All the hype is with me. Lacey Evans with unique... Tying her opponent by her hair to the top rope. And the series of strikes in this matchup. Dominant, psychological heel tactics by Lacey Evans. Those long legs for the sweep. Lacey delivering on all fronts. Tanilla Price? Not so much. I think she got less offense in on her match than Sean Maluda was able to get in on Adam Cole. And... That's not a very kind comparison to the young lady. Going for a springboard and meets a huge women's right. That debilitating right hand and shout out tomorrow on this one. The one hitter quitter. <laughs> if you've watched the bipolar rock and roller documentary, you get a little bit more of that joke than, uh, than just the physicality of a right handed strike. Vanilla Ice, Tanilla Price gets cold clocked by Lacey Evans, and for the 1-2-3, Lacey Evans constantly improving, seems to be taking more of a dominant heel route in the division, I mentioned Kyrie Sane in this matchup, probably because of their impressive rivalry, which definitely put Lacey Evans on the map, in my opinion, Lacey Evans versus Kyrie Sane in TakeOver Philadelphia's pre-show post-show, One of the standout matches in NXT television women's matchups for me thus far this year. And somebody else standing out is the EST of NXT. And that is Miss Bianca Belair and Miss Montez Ford. Another shout out and congratulations to that happy young couple in the NXT universe. And if you haven't heard, Bianca Belair is undefeated. Undefeated. She's undefeated. Guess what? She hasn't lost. She's undefeated. She's going to keep working the hardest. She's going to rehab. Going with some sort of injury angle, or at least I'm definitely hoping it's an angle to protect her undefeated streak, and if it sadly is something legitimate, I'm really hoping it's nothing that can keep her out of action for more than just a couple of weeks already unfortunately missing the fatal four-way qualifying match to determine that number one contender for NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4, but Bianca claims and vows she's going to keep working the hardest to be the absolute best, and will rightfully get what she deserves. Get what she deserves. They're going to learn today in the NXT Women's Division. I think Bianca Belair might have been studying her Kevin Hart stand-up tapes possibly before, that promo, I got that little reference. Whether it was intentional or not, so Bianca Belair and Lacey Evans, two talents to keep your eye out in the NXT Women's Division. I'm hoping for a second May Young Classic showing for Bianca Belair. I can see her advancing in that tournament even further, and possibly if they want to give an NXT homegrown talent that crown, I don't see any reason why Belair can't be a heavy favorite in that tournament. As well, I'm going to start naming every single talent as a possible favorite. The NXT and women's wrestling landscape across all promotions is just growing by the weeks and weeks at hand, and August is going to be an exciting time. From August to October, the spotlight is certainly going to shine on the women's division. But let's jump into championship matchups. Disdain by the NXT audience starts to play. And screw you, Champa and booze. And that can only mean one thing. Aleister Black is taking on the black heart of NXT, Tommaso Champa. Tommaso Champa vows one moment. It's all about picking your moment. It's all about opportunity and advantageous aggression. Tommaso Champa just needs one point to capitalize on what he wants. One moment for a three count. That's all Ciampa needed. And admittedly, a lot of a lot of this segment for me, Team NXT, it's, it's not going to be whether I'm just I'm just short of things to say or just points in this matchup that left me absolutely speechless. Alistair Black versus Tommaso Champa for the NXT championship is a 2018 possible match of the year in my record books. An aggressive start. Aggressive wrestling start. You would think that this matchup would start off very strike-heavy, especially knowing Aleister Black's background of kickboxing and Muay Thai and dominance with his hands and feet. Tommaso Ciampa, an aggressive striker as well. But these guys wanted to just tear each other apart. Aleister Black, not short of the psychotic actions of Tommaso Champa delivering a DDT on the Dutch Destroyer just outside a matter of weeks ago before this NXT Championship match. It was psychological warfare as much as it was physical warfare inside and outside of the ring. Alistair Black with his patented seated stance to get inside his opponent's head. Tommaso Champa replicating that very stance on the steel steps on the outside. It was strike for strike, submission for submission, Tommaso Ciampa pushing the envelope on absolutely all fronts. Not just messing with the rules, but messing with my head in the process. I mentioned my aggravation at the countless amounts of spoilers for this matchup that I saw posted after the NXT tapings, and I'm going to avoid naming any podcasts or any fans or anything like that, just... Don't do it, or I'm just going to be a little bit more careful and I'm not going to live tweet when I know that the tapings are happening because this is a spoiler-free zone, but let's put that point aside. The beauty of that is, even despite knowing how this one was going to end, as much as it annoyed me, I was still jumping and on the edge of my seat with the amounts of false finishes and creepily close counts that this championship match Held. Tommaso Champa pushing the rules, pushing any lack of rules, I guess, in his sick twisted minds. On this one, the counter to the cameraman getting knocked down. I'm getting myself worked up talking about Tommaso Champa's spots in this match. I want to talk about a high point for to Black in this one, and I could throw, I could watch to Black throw roundhouse kicks at Tommaso Champa all day. Tweet about this as he delivered a sick baseball bat-like strike or cricket bat-like strike to all my UK listeners out there, right to Champa's ribcage, and that was a beauty in this matchup. But there were just some things that don't work out. Tommaso Champa going back to his classic, a unsurprisingly psychotic strategy by exposing the arena floor, ripping off the mats on the outside, exposing the hard floor on the other side. But Aleister Black was not the victim of that hardcore floor. Drake Wirtz, one of my favorite referees in all of WWE, possibly in all of professional wrestling, former CZW superstar, down on the exposed floor, and then a black mass, the turning point of the matchup. The 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. It's the 10... No, I'm, I'm not going to spin off into a Biggie Smalls segment there. But the black mass and the elongated at least three count. Not not able to capitalize for Aleister Black. The NXT Championship match would continue from there. And so would the vile tactics of Tommaso Ciampa. The thumb to the eye... The title in hand. But Johnny Gargano makes his presence known in the, t- in the title matchup. And takes the title away from Tommaso Ciampa. And then a tug of war would break out. And I want you guys to picture something. If you haven't seen Infinity War... Just skip ahead a couple seconds here. Okay. Star-Lord is pulling a tug of war for the Infinity Gauntlet with Thanos. And then it's just... It's just one, one slight little mishap, and the whole story of the movie changes from there. I'm not going to go into any more detail. This is a professional wrestling podcast, not a Marvel Comics podcast, but it just reminded me of that scene, especially the twisted Thanos-like presence, and, uh... I mean, the Star-Lord attire by Gargano and the last tank top that was worn by Tommaso Ciampa. There's just some things that you can't look past. If you want more Marvel comparisons, though, definitely check out my boys at Who Got Next, and uh, they'll definitely expand more on the Marvel analogies for you. But let me jump back into the sick, twisted ending of this matchup. Johnny Gargano amidst the tug-of-war. Tommaso Ciampa would release the title, and it would ricochet... Back into Black's head. And that would be pretty much all she wrote. Gargano would be disposed of to the outside. Tommaso Champa would hoist a vulnerable Aleister Black up. in a double hook. Or even more throwback to the sick, twisted Triple H comparisons. The crutch is like his sledgehammer at this point. Tommaso Champa hits a thunderous double underhook. Brain Buster Maneuver, face-planting Aleister Black, and one, two, three, snap, the landscape of NXT changes. Tommaso Ciampa, the Sicilian Psychopath, the Psycho Killer, the scourge of NXT is at the top of the mountain. Tommaso Ciampa is your new NXT Champion. So Thanos has all the Infinity Stones, Tommaso Ciampa has the NXT title, there really is no justice in some of my favorite cinematic media outlets right now. The bad guys are winning here guys, the bad guys were victorious, Tommaso Ciampa, I mean of course bad guy is a relative term, heels faces are a relative term in today's landscape of professional wrestling but somebody who was made out to be such a vile villain in this Johnny Gargano and now Aleister Black featured story is at the top of the mountain in NXT. I can only imagine what's going through the thought process of General Manager William Regal for giving Tommaso Ciampa this opportunity and allowing this to happen. Who knows what's in it? I cannot wait for the Brooklyn builds to continue. The Brooklyn builds started off with a huge matchup, This NXT title matchup, I can bitch and complain about the result as much as I want to. In kayfabe, out of kayfabe, my fanboy opinions, my analyst trying to be subjective opinions, but any way you look at it, it was a brilliantly told story and a fantastic wrestling match and a hard-hitting contest as well, definitely delivering on all fronts for Match of the Year candidate in 2018. And definitely my match of the month for July. Not a segment I usually hold, but it it needs to be stated at this point. Aleister Black losing his NXT Championship to Tommaso Ciampa just weeks before NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3. We are about three weeks away from TakeOver Brooklyn. I want to thank you guys for listening to me on the road towards the Barclays Center. And even more importantly... If you guys plan on joining the NXT madness happening, please meet up with me. I'm going to be live tweeting from the Barclays Center. I'm going to be at McMahon's public house just a couple blocks away with fellow and aforementioned NXT podcast, Who Got Next?, and the whole Wrestle Addict radio community, the Rant with Ant family for Summer Rant, hashtag S-U-M-M-E-R-A-N-T, For all the details on that one. I'm pretty sure I've retweeted the flyer. Going to be a great event. With a great group of fans. And another great group of fans. Is the Comedians of Wrestling podcast page. On Facebook. On Twitter. Outrageously hilarious guys. Lots of brilliant segments on the Facebook page. And a great show coming up. Dan Black opens for Dolph Ziggler. At Caveat in New York City. As a post-NXT takeover. It's gonna be an after party. If I can I'm not gonna undersell anything here, guys. It's gonna be a great show. Dan Black, most commonly known on the internet so far, I believe, for the basketball versus pro wrestling comparison stand-up act. Definitely worth checking out. You can follow the whole set on YouTube and you can find that video anywhere on social. Media, So definitely check out Dan Black's comedy. Get your tickets for Caveat. Check out Dolph Ziggler's stand-up as well. Gonna be a huge after-party for NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4. And before TakeOver Brooklyn, I'm getting to that day. I'm jumping ahead just a little bit. What about my NXT TakeOver prediction show? Well, some of you may know me as exclusively a solo podcast, but later in August, this will not be the case. In case you missed it, I will be working with Fightful.com's own, the whole Canucking show, the master of Canada jokes, Mr. Warren Hayes. Warren Hayes, one of the most clever and kind men I have met on the Twitter app, cannot say enough about this guy's input or clever comments, whether it be live-tweeting Raw Smackdown or NXT or his post-video reviews. He's very charismatic. He's a whole lot of fun. I'm looking forward to working with him in a collaborative effort to give you the best darn NXT TakeOver prediction show I have ever delivered. It will probably be the podcast's debut in the video medium as well. I like to pride myself on an audio-only podcast, but I'm not blind to the current trend of social media. I know videos are the hot new thing, and I plan on expanding into that realm as well, and me and Warren Hayes are going to deliver one hell of a takeover prediction show that will be the August... 15th edition of NXT discussion gonna try and record and have that episode out for you guys on August 16th or as early in the day of the 17th as we possibly can. So feel free to f- follow feel free to follow Warren at Mr. Warren Hayes M R W A R R E N H A Y E S like Michael But just Warren with a mister in front of that. That should be easy for some of my fans to remember. But let's follow my social media and let's do that wrap up, shall we? At podcast underscore UF is the Twitter. Feel free to reach out to me with any of your main roster SummerSlam predictions Anything you want to discuss in the world of professional wrestling, I'm always live-tweeting Raw, SmackDown Live, and giving you spoiler-free live tweets on NXT as well. Follow the Instagram for pictures of my dog and some of the flyers I aforementioned at Undisputed Future Podcast, all one word. Reach out to me on Facebook with any messages you may have from me, and listen to me on any of your favorite podcasting sites, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes. And if you haven't dropped the review... Give me a 5-star on iTunes. And if you don't think I'm a 5-star, don't give me a review. DM me something mean about why you don't think I deserve 5-stars. I would rather you do that than uh, try and impugn on the rating system. But I like to think of myself as a 5-star show, even though I'm doing it all by myself. I'm hoping I, I can pander to you guys just a little bit on that front. Thank you so much for listening. I am CD Danny Mac, the voice that is your choice for NXT discussion. Thank you guys for listening. The Brooklyn build continues. We are on a dark and windy road so far. Tommaso Ciampa is your new NXT world champion.